Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. I'm trying to encourage us to be more in God's Word. And as we prayerfully read God's Word, asking for His Spirit to help us in it, we are really sometimes testing the Spirit, I think, when we aren't careful in reading through some parts of the Old Testament, like Exodus. So I'm continuing Exodus and praying with God would use this podcast to encourage you to really be in his word, in God's word, and that this would spark more and more interest for that. All right, so Exodus chapter 27, let's get started. And remember, he's been, God has been giving Moses all the instructions for building the tent uh, of meetings or the tabernacle tent. And so now he's going to get on about the altar. And then I think he finally gets into uh, the court of the tabernacle. And then even gets into details on, hey, what about the oil for the lamps, right? But we'll just cover the, the altar today. So chapter 27 of Exodus. You shall make the altar of acacia wood, five cubics long. And five cubits broad. So it's a square. The altar shall be square. There it is. And its height shall be three cubits. And you shall make horns for it on its four corners. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. And you shall overlay it with bronze. You shall make pots for it to receive its ashes. And shovels and basins. And forks and fire pans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall also make for it a grating, a network of bronze, and on the net you shall make four bronze rings as its four corners. And you shall set it under the ledge of the altar so that the net extends halfway down the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlaid, overlay them with bronze. And the poles shall be put through the rings so that the poles are on the two sides of the altar when it is carried. You shall make it hollow with boards as it has been shown you on the mountain. So shall it be made. All right. So pretty simple design actually with everything else. Basically making a box, a square box. It's not quite as high as it is wide and deep. And there, of course, are these four pins for the two poles to go through so you can carry it because they're going to be moving around a lot for the next 40 years carrying this altar. And the altar is where they would sacrifice the animals for their sins. Uh, And we'll read a lot more about that as we keep pressing on. So uh, one of the descriptions says that... uh, for the burnt offerings. So the the burnt offerings would be here. And of course, today, we don't obviously do this. But if you think about, as we get into some of the sins and what must be offered up for the forgiveness of that particular sin, and we're going to see that a lot of blood has to be shed for each individual. And at this point, Israel is about 3 million people. So a lot of animal blood will have to be spilt. Today, 
we trust in Jesus and his blood was spilt once and for all. And he was the perfect sacrifice. And so all the animal sacrificing for were just a shadow of what was to come. But a just and righteous God must, we must have a way to cover our sins. That's the whole idea behind this. And, and so for the priests to enter into the Holy of Holies, they, all of this had to be done. But even to commune with God in the, in the tent of meetings in the holies, you still had to go through all these rituals. And even if you weren't going in the tent, you had to go through all these rituals to be right with God. Today, we, we have Jesus. And boy, let me, let me tell you, there's, there's some days, you know, you think about, I guess one way to think about it is think about back in those days, if you were to go wanting to get right with God and you knew I have to bring a herd of bulls and sheeps and goats and birds, it's going to, I'm going to have to hire a hundred people just to help me get all these animals in up there to sacrifice. Chances that you're really that humble that you want to go ahead and do that and march yourself on up to Jerusalem with this whole herd because of your sins and you're admitting, I mean, I'm real, I've been really bad. I've been really bad and it's going to take a lot. You're probably not going to do that. Today, I think there's lots of people who avoid going to kneel before the Lord and confess their sins and plead for mercy and ask for forgiveness because they feel it's asking too much. It's asking too much. I think we need to look at it in a different way. Uh, it's, one, it's a lot easier, right, than a herd of cattle. But is Jesus enough? Was his blood enough? Are we saying that it's not? When when I don't want to bow, is it my pride? Or is it me really thinking that the creator of the universe dying on the cross is not enough to atone or pay for my sins, right? That's the $64,000 question to put it in a really old terms. But um, So as you go about your day today, you know, just ask yourself, am I keeping myself from being right with God because I think my sin is too big? It's not. I, can, I promise you that it's not. But the enemy, our own flesh, and the enemy does a really good job of keeping us from wanting or thinking we can get right with God because the enemy doesn't want us right with God. And sometimes our flesh doesn't either because our flesh is still warring against the spirit often. And so we need to feed our spirit. That's what we read God's word for. We, get, we feed our spirit by praying by pleading for mercy from God and moving forward in our relationship with God, where God is getting bigger and we are getting closer to him. So pray that that's what you'll do today and keep reading God's word. Um, yeah, good morning and God bless.